ready to take a ride, grab your coffee, and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Come in, Star Command. All right. Come in, Star Command. Do you read? We got you. We got the antenna up, pulling in the signal. Folks, welcome aboard. We are here today on Historic Day, September 11, 2023, live with Michael Basham. Brother Michael, you want to open us in prayer? The mic is yours. All right. Great to be here, sir. Thank you for having us. Really, a, really an honor and a pleasure. And what a day to be on Omega Men. Wow. Well, praise God. We just, Lord, we lift up this time. We thank you for the ability to be able to communicate and for people that are, are on the wall, the watchmen, it's a beautiful day in the smoky mountains. We thank you for another day that we can serve you and that we can hopefully bring people to know you, Lord. Or we don't know what, what's on the horizon next, but I pray that all the info and the data that we go over today, that it'll just bring hope and ground us, in the bigger picture about what you're doing, the gospel, the spiritual warfare, everything that you have, Lord, besides what the enemy has. <laughs> the enemy has nothing, Lord. So just anoint my words and anoint this this fellowship and please bring us into a place of peace and knowledge and you above all, or we lift up your name. And you said, if I be lifted up and all men will be drawn you, Lord. So we just lift you up right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And I am going to move to another room because I've got kids that just that just heard me and they're going to be like, Dada! That's so, okay. This is oh a boy. kid's friendly There's my show. Son, boy. You ever, you ever have that problem, Shannon? Absolutely. <laughs> That's okay. I couldn't hear them. Um, so they're all right with me. We it's got a nice three problem to have. I just realized that I'm, I'm you know caught. What? They found my secret, secret hiding spot. That's that's cool. That's when you have to pull the chocolate bar out and throw it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Go get that. Everybody, welcome how are, aboard. How is your family doing briefly? Like, are, well, everybody doing okay? Praise praise the Lord. Right now, it looks like everybody's good. Um, you know, we go through this crazy cycle. Somebody gets a cold and it spreads to, you know, the next person. But everybody, I haven't heard anybody coughing for a few days. Uh, I've been in there playing with the air conditioned thermostat settings, and um, I mean we don't have central heat and air. It's like a, it's called a split air. It just mounts on the wall, and you can put an air condition anywhere. You cut a hole through the wall, and then the, um, the uh, whatever you call the compressor is on the outside. And uh, they use them a lot over in Asia. I'm sure you probably saw them too in Asia, in your time. And um, I found a special setting on there. It's called dry, and I was like, what is this? And it turns out it's a dehumidifier. So uh, I've been turning that on, getting the humidity down, and uh, I think everybody's breathing a lot easier. So I'll turn it on and then uh, turn the air back on and play with it a couple times. But, yeah, just manual adjustments. At any rate, that's, like, real exciting. Uh, i got a question for you, though. Where were you on September 11, 2001? Do you remember that day? I do, and I was... Um... I have a whole lot of testimonies about this because I believe that uh, the uh, September 11th was more than just the beginning of all the wars and the New World Order and you know the 
the Illuminati starting their whole thing, which they showed in movies months before, but there was also a spiritual thing around it, and the date continues to be used for spiritually significant um, events, and I've got like a laundry list, so <laughs> this is almost like too easy of a topic. Um, it, we don't, we wouldn't have time to get into all the details on it, but when I was 11, um, not 11, but September 11th in 2001, high school, junior year, I was literally like a new Christian, had just come to know God in a more intimate discipleship kind of way. Man, I'm outside and now the rooster's chasing. Okay. You guys better be quiet, okay? No chickens allowed. <laughs> um, <laughs> it'll be funny. You'll, you might hear a rooster every once in a while. Raise the alarm, roosters. Um, uh, the, I came back from Japan 2001, September 1st, and I had a month there with the Rotary Club and just my Bible, and I was kind of like, all right, God, what are, what are you doing with my life? You know, I really appreciate this, but this is weird, going to Asia. And uh, I got to stay at a house my very first day there with a spaceship in the garage, like an actual spaceship, like a satellite. It was a scientist working for the Japanese space agency, and he just happened to have the satellite, Hayabusa something or other, in his garage and I was there and I had a spiritual attack with like some weird Shinto demon middle wow. of the night I had like a night terror and was like what the heck I haven't had one of these since I was a kid I opened the door and there's a big old Shinto shrine in the closet so I was like oh, oh it's you so I just took authority in the name of Jesus went back to sleep had an amazing month full of miracles someday I'll, I'll just do a show just on the Japanese high school month of August 2001 in Japan God just confirming to me that he is real and that he had his hand on my life. And Thanks. he really loves to like baby you when you're a new Christian. He'll like give you all these extra benefits and miracles. Like you, you probably know and have had a lot of people on the show. It's like when you first meet the Lord, it's like honeymoon. So being in Japan was so amazing. So many miracles. The last few days in Japan, I went for a jog and I found a newspaper on the ground and it was of the launch that so they actually launched that spaceship into space that very day that I was about to go back to the States. So there was just some weird significance about that. I don't even understand exactly what that meant, but wow. the very first day in Japan, boom, spaceship in the garage. He's like showing me uh, like underneath. It's like Doc Brown in Back to the Future. He's like, wow, that's exciting. Every year, I typically don't, yeah. I, I typically don't bring on guests this day. And usually, what I do is I run um, reruns of the uh, testimony by what was his name Willie Rodriguez, the the last man out, the janitor at the World Trade Center, had the only key, and uh, replay some of the stuff that he experienced. You know, like the explosion going off in the basement. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember it very well. My uh, my mom. And her husband at the time had a 160-acre ranch out in a place called Chickaloon, Alaska. It's about an hour and a half outside of Anchorage, and they're way out in the boondocks. I mean, you know, 30-minute drive just to get into town uh, to a gas station, you know. A little bit further, you make it to the Burger King, but between that and the ranch, it was nothing. 
and uh, there wasn't any uh, TV reception out there, nothing like that. You had to bring it in on like Dish or Direct TV. But just to make a long story short, uh, I had fled from my life about a month prior from Tijuana. My grandfather had a dream. He said, "Son, I saw you like Samson pushing the millstone around." And he said, "If you stay in Tijuana, you're going to die." And I held out as long as I could. And uh, the day came, and it was the last day out for me. And I made the decision to go, and I took my four-year-old son at the time, and I ran. And I ran as fast as I could to the border, drove up to Vegas. About two days later, I caught a plane with my son, and we're in Anchorage. My mom picks me up, takes me out to this ranch, and they have these little triplexes, little cabins on the outside, most beautiful senior I'd ever seen right up on a mountain it was beautiful and fast forward yeah. you know, I'm trying to figure out how am I going to make money out there I'm out in the boondocks but I had internet and uh, I was um, uh, me- uh, brokering media and so I'm just trying to make a living out there and things are are doing okay and then I remember being woken up on September 11th 2001 by my mother she came out to the cabin I was in and uh, and I'm coming out of the grog of sleep, and she says, uh, there's just been an attack in New York on the Twin Towers. Also, there was an attack on the Pentagon, and uh, someone tried to crash into the White House. And I'm like, what the heck? And I, I got up and walked over to the main cabin, and uh, they had one little TV room there, Michael, and my, uh, my stepfather was a uh, pilot, and he would take people out hella-fishing and hella-skiing. And that's how he made his money. Okay. So we had three hunters. They were all dressed up in their jumpsuits, and they were ready to go hunting that day. He was going to take them up and drop them off and come back like a week later and pick them up. Nobody was wow. going anywhere because the order came down, all flights grounded, and they're huddled around the TV. And I got in there just about the time they're showing some of the footage and then, you know, the plane hitting the tower. And uh, I'll never forget that wow. day. And aside from, you know, what was going on there, I was so bummed out because I said, oh, man, I'm like dead in the water. Nobody's be buying TV time. In wow. fact, that's what they do is they dumped it all uh, because they didn't know, uh, you know, the media buyers out there buying for ministries, uh, you know, what was going to happen in the world. And uh, so it was a sell-off. And uh, I'll never forget that day. But uh, Wow. I firmly yeah, believe wow. that 911, as my friend Anthony J. Hilder said, was one of the greatest lies ever sold. You know, 911, Michael, I believe it was a false flag to bolster the support of the American public for a 20 year war in the Middle East. They pushed through Patriots Acts yep. 1 and 2. Uh, they just had those waiting on the on the uh, the shelf. How did they get those things written so fast? They resurrected the opium trade that the Taliban had raised to the ground. And that's a billion-dollar uh, harvest. And then, you know, they provided the biggest yeah. payday of all time for the military-industrial complex. I remember seeing a speech uh, by some of the military contractors they were giving to some of the other people. They said, this is going to be one of the, the biggest golden opportunities we've ever seen. And, you know, think about the money they generated for another 20 years. Uh, jet fuel cannot generate sufficient heat to melt steel girders or pancake a building like they do in Vegas all the time 
but pre-planted thermite can. So I believe uh, right. Operation Tripod was a cover story, as Alex Jones brought out many years ago. And you look back at our history, Pearl Harbor, Gulf of Tonkin, assassination of JFK and RFK, right. the, uh, the election steal, COVID-19, which was the next 911, yeah. Pelosi's right. January 6th steal, the Nord Stream pipeline. I said all that to say this. As you can see from what I just mentioned, it was not the first false flag the CIA and the DOD ever pulled, and it will not be the last. And I believe the probability of a follow-up is very high prior to the election. That's my micro sermon on 911. Back to you. <laughs> Man, did you just say all that off the top of your head? That was, like, no. really good. I was reading my Facebook Wow. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say. I forgot. Today's 911. Well, um, and, you know, Mega Man is so vocal about everything else. I had to issue a statement about 911. Love the Omega Man or hate him. I stand on what I said. Oh, we love him. Well, they may. We all love we all love you, brother, and we're just thankful for you being a voice as they've been trying to get away with this stuff. And of course, Alex Jones predicted nine eleven a few months before it happened. Right. A lot of things came out in the media that were just very uh, telling. And ever since then, you know, even you have to look at like the lies of what happened to Osama bin Laden, and right. everything is very a kind of a, to me though. There's this other dimension that kind of interfaces with that event that. Um, the, both the witchcraft side and have you ever heard that it might be Jesus's birthday as well? Has no. anybody ever been on the show to talk about no. the fact that the birth of Jesus, the actual birthday makes more sense if it's about around nine 11. Wow. So that makes sense to me that the enemy would try to ruin his birthday every year. Well, you know, um, but you read revelation nine 11. That's when that pit is opened up. I do believe there was a, uh, a definite Ooh. decision to choose nine eleven. Um, do you you know you look at this the, these scams that have been pulled on us? I mean, there's very clear evidence uh, that our government intelligence agencies were involved in many of these things I just mentioned, and uh, you know t- taking it up to the current Maui was that just a freak fire? Exactly. You know. Uh, these people don't tend to stop once they get started. And, you know, um, I don't know if anybody really paid attention to this, but, you know, Osama bin Laden, he was on the FBI's most wanted list. But you know how his name is actually spelled? Usama. U-S-A-M-A. I kid you not. I did a double take. I said, what is that about? U-S-A-M-A? You know, oh. um, Alex okay. Jones said his he was actually a CIA operative codenamed Tim Osman. And, you know, he was doing kidney dialysis in the 90s. Yeah. You don't typically live a long time right. with kidney dial- dialysis. So, you know, where's his body? Um, right. I think it's like the book George Orwell, 1984. You create the phantom menace to keep people in a heightened state of fear and willing to give up their freedoms. And you have an enemy that you create that you're always at war with. You know, we created Well, there's a this. movie called Iron Man that that Hollywood put out there right around the time that Osama bin Laden so-called died. Oh. And it tells the whole story. I don't know if you've ever seen the third Iron Man movie. But you mean back, back in that comics? time, it was Steel Team 6 and, ooh, we got him, and Zero oh. Dark 30. Right. And it was all fake. Right. 
you know, even that, that whole SEAL team got blown up in a, in a ho- helicopter accident or some amazing RPG rocket launcher shot down that entire team that supposedly got and found and killed Osama bin Laden. Well, there was a movie that came out, like to your what you just said, Phantom Menace, where they have, I think it was Ben Kingsley in the movie, is this Mandalorian. He's like this, ooh, the Mandarin, the Mandarin. He's like this big bad guy. Everybody's afraid of him, and he's this terrorist, and they use him on the media, and then um, Tony Stark or what, whoever, the Iron Man, goes and finds the base, thinking, oh, we got to stop this terrorist. And they go there, and he's nothing but this drunk English actor that's just hanging out and he's got his makeup room and then he's got his TV studio room and it's like wait what you're not him wait you are him and then it turns out that he's just this fake Osama Bin Laden kind of guy that they use to blame the terror on when the whole time it's somebody else and I can't remember who it was it was some cabal kind of Illuminati thing I gotta rewatch that so they, they put that kind of stuff out there it's a good movie too I think it's the third Iron Man movie so they really want you to to know this. And 9-11 has dozens of movies that came out. I just watched one, actually, that has the visual of the Twin Towers on fire. And, of course, Fight Club came out right before that, and you right. see all the town, towers falling. But, I mean, there was so much occult energy going into that that on the Spirit Wars f- forefront, I want to say this, that when I came back from Japan and I'd seen all these miracles and weird things happening... I was like, God, I want to give you my life. What do I do? You know, where do I? And I was going to stay. It was September 10th, 2001, just hours the night before. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay up all night. I'm going to study Japanese, do my homework, work out, practice the piano. But first, I'm going to read my Bible. So I read like, I don't know why I couldn't stop reading the Bible. Like recently, I hope you guys all feel this too. There's a hunger for the word in our spirits. Like you're just absorbing it. Like you need more Bible. Like just... Mm. Just drink that down. And uh, it's a straight-up Bible. So I was re- I read, like, the whole book of Psalms. And then I thought, you know what? Okay, I'm going to start my all-night marathon, even though i got to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning and go to school tomorrow. It's just the energy was so palpable. But then one last time, one last verse randomly opened, and it said, in vain you stay up late, in vain you get up early, for the Lord gives sleep to those that he loves. And it was like, wow, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this you know, terrible thing of staying up all night working, studying, but I'm like, I'm 17, Jesus, I want to serve you. And so I, I just, I told my parents, I was like, mom, dad, I just had another miracle. And like, okay, it sounds great. And okay. went to bed that morning was like, there was just something about that day that like a friend of mine came up to me. He's like, Michael, what's wrong with you? You look really depressed. I'm like, what? I, I'm okay. I go into my class and then there's nine 11. Wow. And it was like, all of the, the things leading up to it were there was something in the air like you could tell a lot of people had the same thing happen and um, the, the 9-11's following also um, I've got some testimonies on my very first podcast was on a 9-11 date on 2015 with um, Matthew Miller he just found me on Facebook rambling about something and teaching in Taiwan and he said Michael come on the, on my podcast so that was the very first show I got to do with wow. um, a Christian conspiracy podcaster, Portico Solomon. And it was about the 9-11 crane collapse. I mean, this is how I got into podcasting, guys, was 9-11, Amazing. 2015, 
the the Bin Laden family owns this this construction company in Saudi Arabia True. around Mecca. And do you remember this giant crane crashing on top of Mecca, like on the on the wall surrounding it, killed a bunch of people, struck by lightning? Amazing. That was my very first podcast was about that. I wasn't even an expert on it. It was just such an easy thing to talk about because it was like, yeah, everybody knows this is crazy. But this was the first 9-11 where it was almost like the tables had turned. Like, it was like, hey, maybe this really is Jesus' birthday and it's like, Jesus' revenge! I don't know. No, I shouldn't say that. Well, you're but right. But it was very, very interesting that all these wars were centered around Islam, even though that was kind of fake. But we really did create real hardcore terrorist Muslims that are like angry that we're in their country. So, you know, they of course we had to make ISIS look really big and bad and scary. And we were Obama was funding them. Obama was the biggest Muslim terrorist the whole time, as everybody knows. Well, look at those. You'd, I'm sure you did so many countries that folded. You know, he forced their collapse. Egypt, mm-hmm. I think Qatar, you know, Libya, all these you know countries were. They began to collapse one by one, and uh, you know right. they were they were fomenting that. I tell you though, it's undeniable uh, there are strange connections. You know, like you mentioned, the Bin Laden construction group, the Bush family, and the Bin Laden family had ties. Uh, but I, I tell you something. Uh, people think it may have been a hologram. No, I think actually uh, there were uh, drone aircraft that hit. Not only the Pentagon, but the World Trade Center, uh, filled with explosives, but you know not enough other than to create a fireball. But they took down the um, the whole building with thermite charges. But what happened to the passengers that got on board that day? You know, I think it was a loose change. They had the theory that they landed it down at some NASA hangar and were offloaded and probably, uh, you know, xed right there. Uh, where did these people okay. go that got on the plane? Because, um, you know, I don't think uh, they were on the plane that hit the Pentagon. Of course, we, it seems like we shot that one out of the sky. And, you know, what did they find at the Pentagon? They found, um, they didn't find any fuselage or any remnants of an airplane, but there were some strange tarps over what appeared to be some drone engines. And, uh, you know, the FBI tapes disappear, but. I want to know what happened to those poor people that got on those four planes, supposedly. They were disappeared. I've never really heard a good answer on that. Me neither. I I have heard that the terrorists, so-called, were actually, a lot of them were still alive and in, like, Pakistan, and they were angry. They're like, why am I on TV? No, I am not a terrorist. You do not use my name. My picture, no. It was kind of funny. You know, they were running Operation um, Tripod yeah. that day, which was a simulation of uh, mm-hmm. airlines being commandeered and flown into buildings. You know, uh, be worried any time they're running a false flag. You know, they were running, I mean, they're, they're running a, uh, what do they call that, a, uh, a test exercise. They were doing one during Nord Stream. You know, these things give cover for these uh, people to operate. And... Um, you know, we got a long history of doing this. Hey, I'll tell you what's real sad, though. Did you see this appeal by a guy up on Twitter? He's getting ready to go to jail. He may already be in jail. He was over there on January 6th. 
he's being arrested and he may be looking at 10 years and he was trying to raise some money uh, to take care of his family and you see him taking his last picture with his wife and two kids and they're going to throw this guy under the jail and they're still going after the um, Justice Department hundreds of other people if they can just find your picture in a video reel they want to grab you and throw you under the jail I mean this is sick because I know who pulled this thing it was Pelosi and the Democrats and the FBI and they're doing this to right. the American people I mean this is, pisses me off to no end um, that's why I don't think we can have any fair elections ever again man and they will probably pull another false flag if if they see there's no other way to hang on to the power that they've stolen what's your thought about that man It's exactly as you said and and more because they didn't get caught for 9-11. Nobody went to jail. Everybody got away with it. And it was a very, I mean, even sometimes when you talk about this kind of stuff, there's a an occult hidden weariness feeling. It's like, yeah, that's just crazy. Well, anyway, let's go back to work. And uh, in that case, it was the distraction of war, of the Afghan war and Iraq war, and they were going to try to... <laughs> try to go to Iran too imagine if they actually right? tried that and, and now it's like well we got away with this pandemic and nobody's going to jail for that so time to pull our false flag 2.0 which is January 6th and let's turn all the American people into bad guys and use all the legislation Patriot Act 1 and 2 against the American people together with Obama's bill turning the CIA against the American people so that propaganda is legal now and you you basically got a, a small but very powerful Washington, D.C. minority of deep state people just turning the entire country into the enemy while everybody's staring at their phones all day. So, I mean, I hope everybody shares that Twitter post about uh, these different patriots. I heard Owen Schroyer also is facing time in jail. What? But, oh, I mean, can God. we, like, wake up out of our time and, like, our, our lives and talk to each other about this? Can we have meetings without, like, just people chickening out if the Democrats send, like, one libtard lesbian butch lady to come and take pictures of everybody's license plates? Like, I saw locally there was some meeting at a restaurant where it wasn't controlled by the Republican Party or anything. It was just li- libertarians. Very popular meeting. I got to see a senator speak, the guy that wrote the bill for uh, no boys in women's sports. He's, like, shaking his head. He's like... I never thought my whole career I would ever be the guy to write a bill like that. But here's where we're at. And I'm looking around like, wow, this is amazing. Like, there's energy in this room. They about closed that place down just because one communist came and started freaking people out and, like, intimidating them. Wow. I mean, come on, America. Is that really going to be enough to shut down your, you know? We need to be talking. People need to meet and have small meetings, not big, too big. There needs to be a lot of, like, Bannon says, like, small cell groups, kind of like the honeycomb idea of these hexagonal, you know, you got six sides, and it's just almost an indestructible wall. That's what we need, not just a big, we don't need more rallies, like, big old Trump rallies. I I don't need any more goats, because my six goats are scratching up my, hey, get out of here. I feel like um, we're we're becoming uh, what the... um, 
what what Germany became after the war when they began to put up brick up that wall between the east and the west, and then the Stasi police began to settle in and they began to uh, build dossiers on everybody, and then they began to arrest people, interrogate them, jail them, kill them. You know, I feel like we're going under the the uh, iron gauntlet of communism. You know, we got a long history of doing this kind of crap. Now we're talking September 11th. A, a Mega Man has a has a mind like a steel trap and goes way back. April 19, 1995, I looked up the date. That's when we had the Oklahoma City quote-unquote terrorist attack at that daycare center slash government building in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And uh, I, I was alive in 1995, and I remember talking about that after it happened as many others did that you know uh, some explosives put in a van out in front is not enough to do the damage that was done where it it ripped you know half the building apart and there were the experts that weighed in on it and then before anybody could examine the uh, the debris Clinton put a fence up around it bulldozed it and believe it or not exported it all to China and uh, no chance to do any forensic testing. But I remember also something that was happening up about that time. We were trying, the, excuse me, the government was trying to push through what's called the Digital Wiretap Act, which would give them, you know, some police powers to basically snoop on you. Uh, mm. You know, through your cell phone. Just like when September 11th happened, they passed Patriots Act 1 and 2. Well, nobody wanted to support the Digital Wiretap Act. It was failing. And they needed to create a crisis to bolster the support of the people to back them. So they they blew up Oklahoma City uh, building over there. Interesting that the FBI had a lot of records stored over there on Waco. Interesting, they disappeared. Boom. Uh, there was a lot oh, of conspiracies around that and Bill Clinton. I remember that really well. And uh, even take it back further, a year, mm-hmm. Waco, I bought my first cell phone the day Waco was burning. I remember really? I took off from work. I was working for the uh, the government, DOD. And uh, I went up and I got my first cell phone. It was one of those bag phones. It was pretty cool, though. It mounted there, you know, on the console, had this whip antenna on the back, and I could pick it up, and it was a really cool handheld phone, you know, lit up with orange lights. It was cool. And uh, I settled on that instead of one of the handheld ones. I got the bag phone, right? And I was watching the monitor there in the um, in the cell phone store, Michael, and they were showing footage of Waco burning. And I remember watching the Waco tapes and... Uh, that uh, Linda Thompson put out and some others did. You know, Waco, the biggest lie. And uh, there was a question, what was the motive behind that? Well, did you know that the FBI and their budget was on the chopping block? And they needed a win uh, because they were getting ready to to come out of the gauntlet. And many believe that uh, they set that thing up so that they could get public support. Um, for the budget they want. And who knows the true story? But I know this. There's a lot of unanswered questions like um, 
FLIR footage that shows somebody shooting people as they're trying to come out from the burning building. And, you know, I oh, actually had so a chance. Uh, I actually got to go to Waco one time. I was headed to Austin, Texas to take a job, and I stopped by and walked the grounds here of Waco and saw it. And it was interesting. Uh, I just say, we got this history, man. You know, Hitler burnt down the Reichstag. Um, exactly. If we would do this. And they wanted to blame Waco on cults, too, because I was in the family of the Children of God, and right? I actually joined and went to a meeting in Waco. They oh, happened really? to rent a big, giant kibbutz for a teen camp when I was on wow. security. Wow. And, man, did we see some crazy stuff there. Like, in the middle of the night, like just giant lights showing up and, like, people having encounters with angels fighting demons. <laughs> it was cool. That's really a long... And I also saw Janet Reno and when I was in University of Miami. Really? She was so emanating evil. She had Parkinson's disease pretty bad. She's really tall. Oh, and it was a few yeah. years before she died, and she was just giving a lecture at this Democrat school, liberal, libtard school. And um, and uh, there's one more 9-11 date, though, that we got to mention. It's 2012. Not to, like, make everything about the past here, guys, but we do need to to memorialize those heroes that stood up in Benghazi on 9-11-2012 when the CIA was getting ready to start initiating ISIS and all this, and they had all the weapons and CIA bases right there right. in Benghazi. We remember all that that history, hopefully. Um, they basically let a bunch of soldiers just die. Uh, there's a movie made about it that were super outnumbered. And, oh, yeah. And the they were calling for help, and nobody would help them because they didn't want to release the location of one of their bases because they were getting ready to arm and push ISIS out there in 2012. So um, these guys all died, and that was on 9-11, 2012. So, you know, there's a lot of really, really interesting occult things that they do to hide what they're doing. And in the movies, if you watch Back to the Future, Back to the Future was was made in order so that it would be a TV movie that would come on like every Thursday night or whatever back when I was a kid. And Back to the Future is full of weird symbols with 9-11, the Twin Pines Mall where he goes, and then it's the the crashing into the movie theater, like kind of like you're going into reality, and it's like movies are becoming reality. What did they, everybody said on 9-11, 2001, it was like, it's like we're watching a movie in real life, because they have been programming people to step into the movie. And now we don't really watch movies as much anymore. We just have our phones and you make yourself the movie, TikTok and YouTube. So there's a lot of really interesting stuff when it comes to 2001, a space odyssey. It's like going into the future with the cell phone in 2001, a space odyssey, that weird monolith thing. That's a symbol to show you that we're going into this new evolutionary leap. So you have to understand the bad guys think of this as like, well, we did 9-11 and we do all these things, but it's for the greater good and we're going to push humanity into the future and there's going to be AI and we're going to have to challenge with AI. I was up really late last night watching DARPA videos. Um, I've been posting them to um, faithbucks.com of, about AI, about the future super soldier stuff. It's all on the YouTube channel DARPA podcast and nobody's watching it. It's got like a thousand views. They're out there, guys. They're saying this stuff. And they think they're like the, and they, they call it the mad scientist society too, where they're like, yeah, we're going to totally use AI and nanobots 
and put it in your blood, and then it's going to do this weird mutant thing, and we're going to have a new species, basically. <laughs> you know, it's, and they're the mad scientist society. Okay, I found it before InfoWars found it a few days ago, so I'm a little bit proud of that. Or I should say, the Lord did it. But um, here's your homework. Yeah, we got to pay attention, guys. Have you yeah, ever seen the movie called The Foreman Project? The Foreman Project, or the Foreman F O R B I N. The Forbin Project. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, no? this is one to track down. I watched it afresh yesterday, and I'm not going to go into okay. anything long, but AI takes over. Man says, we'll, we'll trust the, uh, the computer, a computer that they okay. create, and they put in this uh, ultra-safe location buried in a mountain to make decisions... Uh, for when to use uh, nuclear weapons, and uh, it, the it's called the Forbin Project. You got to watch this. It's an amazing uh, prophetic look at where we're headed. Uh, they built a computer called the Colossus. Just check it out, folks. If you can find it, the Forbin Project. I had it on Blu-ray, and I popped it in yesterday, and I was watching it. Uh, we're live with Michael Basham. You know, Michael, none of this happens by accident. It's contrived chaos over and over and over again. And uh, how long are we doomed to keep seeing these replays of things? You know, uh, I don't know anybody personally who actually saw anything hit the towers, although we know there was an explosion. And I do believe a drone hit it, but, I mean, all I know about it is what I saw on TV, like many other people. But, you know, we've had technology for 40 years to take a 747 aircraft, take it off from Los Angeles, and fly it to Hawaii unmanned. Unmanned. Amazing. Drone. Drone technology. So I do believe something hit the uh, World Trade Center. But some people said they saw an aircraft with no windows. And it probably had some explosive there to create the fireball. But, you know, we've had things hit those uh, towers before. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we had that, you know, they tried to pull this once before, a few years earlier with the explosion down there on the lobbying level. But what about that aircraft during World War II that hit, I think, the Sears Tower? Or it was one of them. And, you know, you see some of the fuselage just hanging out the window. You know, shoot, folks. Right. Jet fuel doesn't burn hot enough to turn steel into molten liquid. That's why I like that Rodriguez dude. He was there. He said, I came in late that day. If I'd been on time, I would have been gone because I always had breakfast up on the tower restaurant before my shift started. He woke up late that day. When he got there, he was in the basement, and he heard explosions going off down there at the foundational level. You know, they found flowing molten liquid for weeks after that thing happened. Thermite, military thermite. Uh, well, why did nobody show up that day of importance, if you will? They were told to stay away. Mm. Secretaries were there, mail clerks, but nobody else high profile. They all took that day off. Some said they got a call, don't, don't come into work. What do you think? There, there were reports of that. And one other thing I'll add to that, and you guys can study 9-11. I mean, there's several documentaries about it that are that go into a lot of these details but the biggest most important fact is just to like kind of 
drive it home how fake it was. However, they did it. I mean, we don't really know all the details, but um, Building Seven uh, on the BBC, like they actually they accidentally ran the script too early, and they were like, "Well, looks like um, um I'm seeing it all out there on the American Tell us more. We are getting reports that Building Seven was also coming down. Is this true? Mm-hmm. And this woman is behind behind her is Building Seven is still there, and she's like, "Oh, um." Oh, looks like we're having technical difficulties. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, we lost there. Okay. We're covering the Twin Tower collapse. Blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, like a few hours later, Building 7 got taken down. They said through fire. I mean, has that ever happened where a building just nearby, like, gets... No. Of course, they demolished it. And it also had a lot of records, important records they need to get rid of. And there's a laundry list of reasons why they would do that. But Building 7, nobody even knows about the third building that went down, this giant building, the Solomon Brothers building, I think it was. And it was on camera. They're like, "All the oops, we accidentally said we're going to take it down earlier. And there was reports of, like, we're going to take it down, we're going to take it down, like, on radio. Because there were a lot of people on the ground. A lot of them uh, have witness testimony. So you could spend months and years studying 9-11. But I think we're all, like, in the middle of the next 9-11. We're still looking at 2,000 dead kids in Maui. You know, I mean, Maui in Hawaii was human trafficking central. I talked to investigators when I was at a real estate school just for fun, just to hang out with my wife. She wanted to do to get her license, so we, we went. I would go every night. I never got the, the license, but it wasn't very expensive just to learn something about real estate. And the other people there in the class, some of them were like private investigators, different people from all walks of life, just interested in getting a real estate license in Hawaii. Obviously it's like the most expensive real estate in the world. And so I got to talk to this investigator. He's like, look, you know, there's a human trafficking railroad that starts over here in this part of the world. And it moves through here and it goes up through Atlanta and the States and the East coast and then this city and then Chicago. And then it goes through LA and then it ends up here in Hawaii and then goes back to through Asia. And when we're sitting there just like calmly talking about it, like, okay, I guess this is what Hawaii is all about. Just this giant human trafficking command base of evil and sin. And now they're, they're stealing the land from the people. And we talked about that a little bit and we, I'm sure we will later again in the future, but it's, this is the thing they do. And the government isn't letting anybody in. They're arresting anybody that even takes video with drones. There's just all kinds of weird reports of, I don't know if there's any, any like good guys on the ground, but there's people like, well, there's also like military operation, you know, against the the bad guy. I don't know about that. I can't say I would like to believe there are white hats in the government that have some power. I think they're more like the whistleblowers and Donald Trump, if anything showed us that you, (laughs) nobody's really in control of the government on the inside. That's, that's good. And this DARPA thing I was mentioning is called black hat. So, like, could you get any more obvious? Like, their giant symposium, really cool letters. Black Hat, which is, like, the bad guys. Like, yeah, we're we're bad. Yeah, we're here to kill you. Yeah. So, rather than sit and study all day what happened and try to convince people what happened when they're not, you know, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still, if we can get ready for the next thing and kind of have your flea bag, we call it in the missionary circles, keep a backpack with your most important documents maybe a spare change of clothes, some cash, and just your your essentials. Make sure it's like a bag that you have near you at all times when you're at home and wherever. 
and be ready to take your family and get the heck out of wherever you, you are. I mean, they're starting to do things with, with arson that it's just, it's unpredictable. They're having chemical spills in Ohio, Palestine. They showed you on a movie a few months before called white noise, Adam driver. They showed the chemical spill of a train collapse, the, the mushroom cloud, all of it months before they actually did it in the same town. It's just like the weirdest thing. It's weird Netflix movie. It's kind of unpredictable. What's the next attack, except we know that it, we've already been bombarded with the, the nanobots in the bloodstream. The only answer is going to be the blood of Jesus. It's always been the only answer, but we're really coming to the place now where as the end time gets into full gear, that the only shelter left is going to be under that of Jesus Christ, the son of God, the true King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I mean, that's kind of how it should be anyway. So don't, don't be sad about the loss of your slave job. We, the believers weren't meant to live under the, the shadow of Pharaoh forever anyway. Even if some people liked, you know, Potiphar's house or the, the halls of Pharaoh or even their slave job, at least they had food, right? The Israelites, they wanted to turn back. God was so angry when people are like, yeah, I don't really like angel food, angel food again, oh man. And their shoes didn't wear out. They, they, man, they complained and grumbled, and God does not like that. He's about to give us this exodus outside of Babylon, outside of Egypt, outside of the system of slavery. He's doing it with us right now. Like, I I don't care. I'll work hard. I mean, I don't sit here and beg for money all day and then just sit around. I will work morning, day, and night just to be able to keep doing this and do my show, Spirit Force, and FringeRadioNetwork.com, and, and whatever other um, collaborations and God's been doing a lot of miracles. Just listen to the last show we did last week. It was like, I can't even wrap my brain around all the things that happened last week. <laughs> it's just been crazy. But here's the thing. God's even showing my wife and I, you know, don't, don't just go and find a slave job again. You know, there's lockdowns are coming back. Be smart about it. But we should all be kind of in the midst of like being ready to go. Also, if you're staying wherever you are plant yourself and build a business and get entrepreneurial. Like I heard this uh, theory that the Sabbath is actually, if you look at the moon, it could be on different days throughout the year. Not that I know if this is totally 100% true, but it's like the idea that, you know, we take our day of rest under the Lord's schedule and our own schedule, not the, the slave system schedule. Like, Oh, it's the weekend. Oh yeah. Now you get to relax. Oh, it's Monday back to work. No, God's people are supposed to be free. I recommend everybody like think if you have a, an option too of ways to generate income, like entrepreneurially, like Paul was a tent maker. Was Paul slaving away under some guy? No, he was an entrepreneur. And Paul's kind of one of these crazy guy examples, but like we should all be a little bit like Paul in that sense. And so God's been showing us different ideas, ways to, you know, do things where you can like, not be around a lot of people. If there is some giant crazy pandemic, but still generate, you know, putting the food on the table and everything, but it's going to come down to living by faith. The, the new economy is Kathy. Don't go to the supermarket today. I mean, that's fine with me. I don't, I feel kind of, you know, it's like emasculating to go to the supermarket and be like, mm, I am more, uh, Oh, okay. Yes. I would like my pumpkin spice latte and a little bit of uh, bread from the bakery. And no, we're supposed to go out and hunt and expect God to feed us. Don't depend on food stamps and the, grocery store and so fine they're going to make us 
um, have the mark of the beast, then we're just not going to use their system. And their system will collapse. Everybody hates the government now. And it's not our government. It's they're trying to control everybody, micromanage everybody. And I'm not calling for revolution or anything. I'm saying, like, we're going to be going with God out of Egypt. And the government, is as it's collapsing, trying to control everybody, it's on its last legs. That's why it's doing what it's doing. It's, it's only going to go so far. And, you know, Ron Wyatt went scuba diving in the Red Sea, and a lot of people have, and they found Pharaoh's army chariot wheels, the same spokes, the same level of horse bones, allegedly, yes. like ancient, an ancient army is at the bottom of the Red Sea. <laughs> Guys, so that's where, that's where the system stops. We're going to the promised land. I don't know about you, but I'm like, I love my life, and I'm appreciative of my family and my kids and everything, and just the whole story of the journey of like going around the world is, is an amazing one. And I want to write a book someday, but it's like, I'm ready to get out of here. Like I'm ready to go to space. I'm ready to go to the future. And I'm, I'm looking at people like Elon Musk and, and others. They're getting out of the system too. We need to pray for them. I'm seeing people rise up that are just like unlikely bedfellows, pardon the expression, but it's like, they're, they want to come too. It's like, okay, you guys, we're all going. All right, we're leaving. And the enemy is trying to stop us as we're about to ascend out of this place and take over the earth for one thing. Jesus is going to come back, thousand year millennial reign, and then he hands us the keys. He's like, all right, I'm here, but it's going to take thousand years to clean this place up and learn how to manage a planet. And uh, he's going to be using us. So please be faithful. He will give you charge of cities. If you're faithful with a little bit, he'll be like, all right, here's your five cities that you're going to be doing. Okay, you get to be in charge of this area in this city. Even the people that probably weren't so faithful, they'll probably be like, all right, well, you'll be in charge of uh, maybe this, you know, the traffic situation here. I mean, who knows what kind of vehicles we'll have. But guys, we're, we're on the cusp of not just the Antichrist showing up. That's only for seven years. Then Jesus shows up, and if anybody still has their faith, and I'm telling you, there is a battle for your faith. Keep your faith. Get your faith going. You know, listen to Quantum Christianity, Anna Prayer's really good foundational series. Um, you know, find your Bible app or get a Bible. Don't trust in your phone. Get an actual physical Bible, preferably King James, and just be studying that and reading it and just have the discipline to stay in the Word because your flesh is like a teenager that's like, eh, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to do this. The, the teenager doesn't get to be in charge. You know, teen, teenager is always there. Love them, bless them, spank them, but keep, keep your flesh under control and stay in the Word because this end time thing is a test to see if your faith can survive. Jesus himself said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on, the, on, the, on this earth? And if you can keep your faith to the end, he that endures to the end will receive a crown of life. He that overcometh will inherit all things. And I will give to sit on my throne to rule the nations. And I will give you a rod of iron to rule with for a thousand years. I mean, the promises, guys, these benefits, man, these are, these are some pretty good benefits. But we've got to also be like, okay, even if you're not like, seeing it right in front of you yet, or, oh, it's just, we have another 20 years and 9-11 is going to happen again. And then we're all go guys, this is just 2023, September 11th. And God knows what's going to happen today. This is uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Um, we have to, to spend time in the spirit. So when you read the word, then you also realize you're opening the portal, you're opening the gateway 
to engage with the spirit realm, with God's angels, with his heavenly infrastructure, with his government. And he's putting us in these places around the world. I mean, Omega Man in Indonesia, a lot of my friends around the world, going from coming to from, from Japan and here in the Smoky Mountains. And I just see like this, this army map, this chessboard, where if you want to be one of his pawns, start living by faith, God will position you in places where you will be the representative designated kingdom, almost like a base in that place. That's why in Hawaii, we were moving every year and seeing weird, crazy things happen all the time. That's why I think uh, throughout Taiwan for 10 years, we're seeing history make happen and, and going to India and Nepal and just really big things. And a lot of them were accompanied with uh, earthquakes. Of course, we just had a horrible earthquake in Morocco a little while ago. Two, gosh, I think 2,000 people died. But the media won't talk about the kids that died in Maui, but they'll just focus on that, focus on that. And there's going to be tragedies. The The cities are going to be places of desolation. The, the, the towers are going to fall. You know, the earth is going to be in such a great darkness, not just because of things coming upon the earth, but also the things that the, the, the thoughts of man constantly evil all the time. You know, that, that's a big thing. The AI is basically turning everything into the internet into a big giant garbage festival, dumpster fire. And the evil in men's hearts is going to be manifested at an unprecedented rate. And so, guys, the Christians need to find each other. You need to, like, buddy up. You know, find your partner, find a friend, find some friends, stay in touch with them. This is how to be a more effective team as well. Even if it's on the Internet times, at times, you know, you can listen to us and hang out with us on Spirit Force. We're always doing kind of like a, a buddy festival of like, all right, what do we got today? Well, I got this dude. And um, having Holly Baglio host my show and getting Tony Floyd on there teaching the spirit wars and how we went in there and we ransacked Epstein Island like months before Epstein Island would, was uh, a thing. He was doing spiritual warfare missions to Epstein Island. <laughs> so, like this is the kind of stuff and our friends, you know, we're, we're just normal people. Just like, let's, let's do something crazy for Jesus now in the spirit. But guys, God will lead you. He'll teach you. I have testimonies of people that are, that are contacting after listening or after making that leap into the spirit. And they're having dreams of being used in some kind of like a heavenly government office situation. And it's full of joy. Like everybody is so happy and there's real love there. I mean, imagine if that got to be your job and you like get to dress separately nice and go to like, but instead of going up the elevator, you fly up to the, the 17th story overlooking new Jerusalem someplace. <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of stuff I am not seeing that other people are telling me they're seeing it. So there's power in the words and, you know, they that, that love the tongue shall eat the fruit thereof. These words, these shows that we're doing, these people that are coming on Omega Man, there is the power of life and death. And I hope that we're always putting forth first the salvation issue of eternal life through Jesus Christ and then death to the enemy's system and death to the work of the devil in your life. You know, get deliverance constantly just... Put your life on the table, the altar, sacrifice table for God, and be like, Lord, if there's anything in my life that needs to be gotten rid of, help me, Lord. I, I don't even know where to begin, Lord. Just, I don't even know what to pray. You know, here's my life. You know, just light it up. And boy, I'll tell you, I've had experiences where my life changed immediately when I prayed those prayers. 
And it might be you're working too much at one job. Like he might help you get out of that job. I had a vision once where I was on a bus in Taiwan. I was like, Lord, uh, I'm just going to put myself here on the, uh, the sacrificial altar in, in the throne room in heaven by faith. And, and just, you know, God, like judge, judge it, judge my soul, judge my life. And then I saw a fire, a blue flame up here and burned through my whole spirit body. And then a sword cutting just above my head just gave me a little haircut and I didn't have any wounds. The fire didn't even hurt. There were small areas that got burned off and then gold appeared there. It was kind of a cool vision. And I, I got off the bus like, whoa, that was trippy. I walk into work, do my thing. Seconds. Teachers are like, my, my students are like, teacher, teach us Illuminati again. I'm like, sure, kids. And then I got, I got fired that day. And it was my only job, which was not good. But it was a good thing in a way. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like God showed me. And I prayed that prayer. Other times, too, I've prayed that prayer. And car broke down. Can't do that gig anymore. Because I was just like, I can't do this. Like, what am I doing? And. It's all about like the holiness that God demands is something that is so far beyond anything we could ever do ourselves. It has to be his holiness, his grace, his blood cleansing us from all sin. So it's just a matter of will and like here, sign on the dotted line, join God's military, join God's people, be a part of his thing. And I'm telling you guys, it's real. It's growing. People quit, people join, whatever. It's not a cult. I promise. <laughs> I just, I've seen how cults operate. I don't want anything to do with anything like that. But God's warriors are rising and it's time. 9-11, the first one was like a big deal. It was like, would you like to join God's people? And boom, once you're in, you're in. And then it's just, there's no going back. A prophet came to me and he said, I, I will um, make you a pillar in the temple of my God and you will go no more out of it. And he had a French accent. So he says, and you go no more out of eat. And I thought, man, that is the best prophecy I've ever. And I hope, I hope I've never gone out of it. I want to stay in the temple of God and just be like a doormat to everybody. Like, come join God. Come on, let's get in here. You know, you don't want to be out there. Look what's coming. You see those? Yeah. Aliens. Nope. Come on. Get in here. Get, get you, you too. Hey, you ghosts, you don't get to come. Yeah. You sheep, you guys get in here. And I'm telling you, all this craziest stuff is coming true. Nanobots, black goo, smart sludge from space. Who knows what crevice of hell it's actually coming from, but they're going to say it's aliens. It's probably more of like coming from not a very good satanic orifice thing. And we're going to be dealing with this stuff, and people are going to be drinking it up like it's mother's milk. Like, ooh, vaccines. Yes, more of that. Please govern me harder. Yes. And then they're going to be coming after and persecuting the people of God that are trying to get out of that system. Guys, we've got to focus on Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. Des be desperate for him. Like, just be like, I can't even do it. Like, I, everything I do feels like sin. I'm just, I'm so, I can't do it. And he's like, I got this. You know, I was waiting for you to stop trying. Like, don't even try. And the blessing that he's going to give us is beyond anything that this world's ever seen. The, the magnitude of the blessings, I mean, Tesla has nothing on this or Starlink or Starship. The, the richest people in the world look like paupers compared to the, the minorest person in the kingdom of heaven when you see what he's got in store for us. So that's, that's where I'm going. I don't know about you all, but if you guys want to stay in, you know, in the rain as, as things really start getting serious, be my guest. I like the mountains. I like my goats and my chickens. And 
it's kind of a mess with two babies running around and haven't really gotten the chicken coop done. And the fox has been eating the chickens every night. It's not really good. But just the fact that we're out here, people are like, why do you have goats? I'm like, well, this is jerky and this is meat stick. And I mean, this is protein, guys. We're going to try to make you bugs. Get some animals. You know, get a garden. Get a garden anyway. The food at the grocery store is awful. Like, plant a garden, eat food out of your own garden. It's like medicine. And the medicine in, in the backyard, the dandelions and all kinds of different herbs and cattails. And I mean, there is real food, real health out there. And we're all going to the pharmacy and going to the grocery store and getting GMO and, and poison wheat. Eat rice if possible. I think I don't think they poison rice as much. But guys, everything in my life has led up to this. And it's just the sense of, all right, if that crazy thing was real, what else does God have? And I want to go to the frontier, to the foremost, the next level, like the, the weirder, edgier stuff. Like, I think there's so, there's stuff that Jesus was like, man, I just, I want to tell you, but ah, you can't even handle the things I already shared. So by all means, go, go in the Bible. I would just, you know, put your hand on the Bible and be like, I'll swear on the Bible. I believe in the Bible. Lord, I believe in the Bible. And then open it with expectation that God's going to speak to you. And then see what's hidden between the lines, because God might start showing you stuff that you never saw. I read the whole book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk the other day, and there's like scriptures in there I've never seen about the earth and the sun, moon standing still, and all this kind of weird, weird stuff about God having a horn in his hand. It's like, what? And when you meditate on the word, too, and then you start to reflect on the things that he's shown you, perhaps in your dreams, Perhaps in the past, I had a dream uh, a few years ago with Steve Quayle. I dug up a dream journal and I found this dream. It was like, this thing is so weird and cool. And um, if you have just a second, this is kind of, it'll just take me a few seconds, I promise. You got all the time you want. You are my last guest, so take all the time you want. Uh, Last guest? This can't be the last show, brother. No. I'm only um, doing um, two shows today because... um, about three minutes ago, the auction went live for Miracle Valley in Arizona, A.A. Allen's oh. land. Are they selling it? Yeah, there's 37 and a half acres. Oh. The county got wow. it, and their auction started the auction at 12 noon today. And oh. the uh, cathedral and many of the original buildings are there. They need repair. But there's a, uh, a there's a uh, bidding war starting today for that and about 20 properties that the county's got over there in Cochise County, uh, Miracle Valley, Arizona. It's going to be interesting okay. to watch later on. Just heads up. Uh, Dang. Oh my, oh, my goodness. How much they want? I'll buy it. Uh, starting okay. bid is 375000 And you get... Um, oh, that's a steal. Well, really, it is thirty-seven and a half acres, and whoever gets that gets a pretty big place. It's about three miles from the Mexican border. Um, my buddy uh, Louis Betancourt and his wife owned it uh, from two thousand fourteen on, and then uh, they got saddled with some taxes that weren't theirs. But um, the city didn't want to work with them, and um, they ended up repoing it a year and a half ago. And uh, there was a fight to tear it down, keep it going, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that. Very interesting indeed. Uh, 
You know, as you're talking tonight, and I want you to continue the story here. Michael, you just sparked a thought. Do you remember, are you young enough, are you old enough to remember uh, bulletin boards, BBSs? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, the Taiwanese still use them. They, they love the old really? Internet 1.0. They do? That's really interesting. <laughs> yes. I yeah, a, Taiwan BBS. You look it up. I ran a BBS back in 1995 on an old IBM yeah. PC XT. And that was just about a year or just about the same time, you know, maybe it was 93. Anyway, it was within about a year of the World Wide Web coming on board. And then, you know, everybody was on the web. Internet, you know, Netscape and stuff. And um, yeah, I joined them, ended up shutting down the bulletin board. But, you know, I was using bulletin boards back in 1985 when I was 15 years old on a 300-baud cool. modem in my Atari 800. And I was, uh, that's that's all oh. they had. They didn't have the web back then, at least for the public. The military did, but um, yeah, you would get on a 300-baud modem and log into a bulletin board and download pirated games. That's what I did. So Omega Man was a software pirate at uh, 15. At any rate, you know, one of the features here is you can send emails to people. And you can post, like, you know, uh, that's the original bulletin board, you know, uh, message boards. Well, Some yeah. are saying that that may be the way to go. Go retro set up a bulletin board because with all the censorship and monitoring going on on Twitter and Facebook and people getting shadow banned and all this other crap um, some are still apparently in that world of BBS I didn't know about Taiwan amazing I'm thinking about maybe setting up a bulletin board again and there's a program you can run on a modern computer that will interface with any of the old stuff Commodore, Apple, TI you know what just came in today in my mail? An Atari 2600 classic game machine. Now, what? I bought it for 20 bucks. Now, these things are about 40 years old over here, man. They're old. And uh, one of them came in, and it had rust on it, and it was so dirty, it had like black soot on it. And then I got another one. And uh, this one looks like a keeper. I've got to find a cable that I can hook it to the TV. I'm working on that. But I'm getting ready to resurrect some of the old games. But my point being is there's a lot of old technology still out there. You can get cheap on eBay. Old computers. Yeah. Modems, everything. Garage sale. We might need to have one of those, bro, and hook it up. And we might be uh, sending messages over the uh, the BBS. And just saying, okay, I took us way off in far left field. Uh, you were gonna you were gonna share a story with me. You got all the time you want. Take it away. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yes, and uh, I just love the idea of like really old school technology, like analog, like getting back to like not even using you know electrical digital systems maybe someday. And the tapes. Uh, you know, my grandfather and Derek Prince Ministries and Aaron Baxter, and they, they had this revolution going on because of the cassette tape. And we could always go back to just a mailing right. uh, out of specific teachings. If you ever listen to those, you know, the Derek Prince sermons or the uh, the Don Basham sermons I have on Facebook.com, 
you guys are going to listen to some really high quality teaching because there was so much that went into those the yes. development of those teachings and the recording and the the process of distribution. I mean, it, it was not like a podcast where it's just like, oh, we have like 50 speakers today on my podcast feed, which is great. I mean, we do need that. We need to be able to communicate instantly, but the quality has gone way down and we need to kind of like what you've done, like having all these sermons and, and old tapes and teachings, a lot of time and effort went into creating those. So definitely check out the, uh, different teachings by Ern Baxter and Don Basham for your foundational Christian life to strengthen that faith. But, um, and the, and the reason the Taiwanese use BBS is because it's not like they're all like geniuses. It's like they're all poor and like college students and their computers are really old and really, and can't even hardly load Facebook, you know, in 2009 and 10. So you'd be like, all right, well, how am I going to instantly communicate with people? And they just have this giant network of like, it looks like DOS. So wow. black and old, one font, you know, and, right. and that's where all the young Taiwanese hang out and share information and data. Like that's Whoa. their hub. Whoa. It's really cool. Dude, that's amazing. One of the things I do in yeah. my spare time is I, um, I just get over there and hang out on eBay and, and search for classic computers new in the box, like find an old TI 99 for a hundred bucks. Um, these old gaming machines, you know, you can find a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, sadly, is being snatched up and sold for top dollar as well. People know that others yeah. are looking for it. But, you know, we're talking about how to communicate in the uh, end times. It may be what you said. We might need to go to cassette tapes and uh, mail a podcast through the mail. You know, wasn't that many years ago I was getting a weekly, po- a monthly podcast from Dr. Hansen, Come in a little brown bubble pack bag. And I would take it and pop it into my, uh, you know, um, my car cassette player on the way to work, and that would hold me over till the next month. And it always seemed wow. to be a right now word. It would come in. It was only an hour, and man, I would play that mm. thing over and over again. And the other ones that I had in the car until the next one came in. Man, it was like Christmas every time I got it. That really wasn't that long ago, but then you know, and then maybe it was. But um, you know, we need some ways to communicate after the net goes down or it's seized by these new sensors that are coming on board. You know, the EU right now is on board and I think they're going to give Elon Musk hell and they're going to begin to find people. You know, they want to control the narrative and uh, want you to suppress what they call fake news. But they decide what is fake and what is truth. And, you know, they'll find you over there in the EU and create havoc for you. Um, and, you know, the White House has talked about doing the same thing. Uh, Richard Keltner, a friend of mine, is over on Facebook tonight saying, man, I've been shadow banned three channels over on Twitter. I can't wow. for the life of me get a channel to stick up there. Well, he put some crazy comments up there, too. <laughs> but piss people well, off. But, you know, censorship's a real thing. And, you know, you wake up and your freedoms are gone. Look at you mentioned, uh, you know, all these crazy crashes all these fires going on, burning the food supply down. You know, they're going after the money. Uh, bit by bit, this stuff is is being taken away from us. And truly, we're getting on track for Klaus Schwab. You own nothing, you'll be happy. We own nothing because they stole it all or they burned it to the ground. 
You know, so having your victory garden is something that people need to do. Now, you know what? I'm in a better spot than maybe some of my friends back in America who only have a couple grocery stores to go to. Down here, they got a farmer on every corner, providing I could get out of my house in a lockdown. There were roadblocks we had to navigate uh, not long ago. But if you're relying on the system, system's going to go down, son. And then where are you going to get your food when Kroger's is shut down? Publix is shut down. Or you can't get to Costco. And we've been warning you all for several years. And I reminded people again when the price of rice went up almost double and triple a few months ago. You remember that run on the rice? Folks? Yeah. And the sad part is, most Americans, if they live in a house, they've got a decent-sized lot. But your code enforcement won't let you grow crops in it if you live in the city, like in North Georgia. If I had ever tried to plow that ground up and grow a crop in my backyard, I would have gotten an instant citation. And, you know, that's the problem when you live in these HOA uh, areas. But we got to start thinking, because yeah. my prediction here, Michael, is uh, the return of the Waltons is coming. I'm already seeing it in some of my family. I got a brother and a sister who moved home with Mama. Three, three different people under the same roof. Why? Because they were paying oh. two to three thousand dollars a month, and the rent got jacked up. Three thousand dollars a month for a condo or a house? You're crazy. I didn't right. spend that for a mansion in Costa Rica. And I used to vomit every month when I had to cough up $2,200 cash. I said, I'll never do it again, and I probably <laughs> never will. I mean, this is ludicrous. Look what they're doing. People can't even afford rent hardly anymore. We've got a couple people that tune in that live out of the car on the street. And I don't mean to say oh anything gosh. degrading, and I haven't mentioned anybody's name to embarrass them. But, you know, I can see how that can happen when most people or a paycheck away from the street. There's a video that I posted on my Facebook wall, Michael, about a uh, car mechanic, and he said, uh, it's getting to the point you shouldn't even buy a modern car because when something goes wrong, like this one guy came in and had a tail light that went out, they found water in it, cost him $5,600 to replace the tail light because of the other modules that were interconnected. And you got a situation... Oh where one thing goes bad on these new cars, and if you can't afford that bill, basically you've got a disposable car there. You've got it parked because it won't, it won't operate without about a five to $10,000 infusion. That's the way they're making them. Wow. Yeah, it's a scam. Yeah, I would. if you guys are going to invest in a new car, make, make sure that you have old cars that are easy to fix, like an old you know, Toyota or something that is... You know that you can change the oil, you can change the the components and get them easy. I I like the Camrys, like the Camrys from the late nineties, early two thousands. They they go up to like three hundred thousand miles, right? Five hundred thousand miles if you change the oil, right? You know, and but but you know, it doesn't mean you have to live like a pauper. I don't think God wants us to. If you're in a position where you're living in your car or you're dealing with major financial headaches and stress, I see some some of the comments in the MixLR Omega Man chat room, people are stressed out about that. And I know it's hard, And but it's not God's vision for you to live no. in 
student debt forever or in an emergency situation where you've got to be in your car. I mean, my sister did that for fun. They bought an old Chevy and they just turned it into a little camp out thing and slept in Walmart parking lots and traveled all around wow. the States. Like my sister and her new husband, that was their like extended wow. honeymoon. <laughs> you, know, wow. you can do it for fun. Don't do it because you have to do it. That's not fun. But, um, you know, find God has, has a family for you. If you're in that situation, it says that I put the solitary in family. Whenever I was alone, on the mission field, I would always end up around some kind of a family with kids and just be like kind of satelliting that family. Maybe I'd come over on the weekends and discuss the latest, uh, Nephilim LA Marzulli revelation, or maybe I would just, um, be like, um, able to go out on, on little mini mission trips around Taipei with, with the father or whoever. And it was just like much healthier um, even if you're not financially in like the whole, like just having a family, have a Christian family. It's a, it's a stability factor. It's, it's like a safety and, so, and people shouldn't be on their own. Like you shouldn't be completely isolated. That's where the enemy is able to take people out. But well, that's, why, um, I say that's why though, I do think this is kind of a lifeline, this show. I say Walton's coming back. Uh, prices are getting so high. People are going to be moving under one roof. And, you know, uh, it may take that for a while to survive. Uh, these dastardly deeds that the New World Order are pulling off are designed to take away everything that you've worked hard for and your dreams. And one of the ways they do it is they price it out of your, your ability to, to afford these things or to do repairs. Right. You know, right now in England, they just passed a law that you can't drive a, um, a modern car in London except for certain days of the month are you going to pay like 15 to 20 dollars a day entry fee but they've exempted some of the older cars like the classic cars from the 70s and like pre-80 85 another reason maybe to have an old jalopy somewhere if you will i don't know what a jalopy is but you know what i'm saying exactly uh <laughs> just to have a backup uh you know hey now listen if you if you can afford it buy a ferrari testarossa there was a time I had money, and I was going to buy myself a treat, and I was one button away from buying a 1988 Ferrari Testarossa. It was being sold for seventy grand in Beverly oh, really? Hills. Oh, yeah. I've lived poor, and I've lived uh, wealthy, and I prefer money. Uh, but then I lived on the backside of the desert for 10 years, so, you know, God reset me, and, uh, you know, I can uh, survive in a stall with a five-gallon bucket pouring over my head because there's no water. And maybe somebody yeah, would too, reset brother. I've been there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what it's like. Uh, you know. Oh, it's, yeah. And so. It's fun. It's like camping out. And, you know, when the, when everything collapses, here's the other silver lining. People are going to come together and have communities of, like, oh, so-and-so has five acres, nobody to really till the farm, or, you know, there's an old trailer there, needs some fixing up. We'll get together and have people fix things up and have a community. I was just complaining to my wife last right. night. It was like, since I came back to the States, it's like, I don't even see kids anymore. Like, there's no teenagers that, you know, you can hang out with or older people. It's like everybody's in their own little cordoned off cage at school or the nursing home or working all the time. And there isn't that sense of like, great grandma, grandma, uncle so-and-so, aunt so-and-so, and they're making dumplings around the TV, you know, right. with the kids running around. Like, that's the thing I'm used to seeing in every single country except for this country. There's no community. So when everything collapses, right. you know there's some silver lining there. People are going to hang out together again. 
Oh, absolutely. That's also going to be, you know, kind of traumatic. But you're going to feel a sense of wholesomeness. When I met the family in in the Children of God in Japan, I'd already spent a whole year on my own at that Jesuit university and running around, going from church to church, trying to figure out what God wants me to do. And suddenly I'm shown this this, uh, group of homeschooling, off-the-grid survivalist missionaries. And there's kids, there's teenagers, there's young people in charge of stuff, running things, and there's older, wise, counsel people going. And I'm like 20 years old thinking, this is my home. Like, this is how it's supposed to be. I mean, parties in the nuclear fallout shelter in Tatayama, Chiba, Prefecture. (laughs) I've never had a more fun time in my whole life than just with a bunch of... We're doing, like, some kind of charades game, cracking ourselves up, but you had to lift this giant two-ton lead nuclear fallout door, open that to go down in there. Wow. Two two stories down. It was so fun. We were having parties. It was, like, not, like, in a bad way, drunken parties. You weren't allowed to get drunk. There was even, like, a limit on coffee, so... But not not the density of it. So I always got around that. It's like I drink two cups of venti Starbucks every every day. <laughs> like that's how I got around that one. <laughs> but we were a military, and the fun of fellowship and and the schedule. Like oh, you know, got to get up early, get my time with the Lord before I got to make breakfast for forty people, and or be the guy in charge of the homeschooling today. It's like oh, you're going to take the kids to the park for some get out. Like every day wow. we had get out because you can tend to stay inside too much when you have like that much going on. So we would schedule it like, okay, somebody needs to take the kids, go to the park and let them run around for a while. So we were, everybody, was, it was every hand on deck. And then it was only towards the end in 2009 that people started to get greedy. It was like, well, you know, maybe the end time isn't really coming. That they started to lose the vision. And I started, when I landed in Taiwan, I saw at night, I would see spiders around my bed on the wall, like physical spiders, the big ones. And I was like, what are these? And, you know, I would even put my hand through one and it was the ghost. And wow. like, what is this? Is this like a Taiwanese thing? No, I found out recently that those are spiritual entities on assignment to come and capture the promises of God in the Christian's life. They weave their web. They're not necessarily like there to attack you directly. They weave these webs and the destiny and the the plan that God has, words of prophecy that have been spoken over you, these demonic spider entities come and they try to tie those up into their webs and you start to lose the vision. Well, what happened was all of my missionary friends lost the vision and then started getting greedy and going back to work, going back to school. And it was just like, it was, it was terrible because, you know, then Satan comes in and you lose your faith too. But that's where the shows like yours came through. And, and it was like seeing the future today back in 2009 it was like obama administration we had all this crap going on you know i went back to school because there was nothing else to do god raised up some donors that just paid for my education so i got a degree in chinese which we still need to get back to those chinese episodes brother i know it's been a while but i haven't forgotten i keep having dreams about it but god raised up some donors so that i could go to school learn chinese you know i I was in a pretty sticky situation uh maritally and but god saw us through Anyway, we're coming back to the the future today. If you have a vision and you don't lose your faith, don't let spiders show up and eat, swallow up God's words over your life. Pay attention to what he shows you in the night. Pay attention to what he teaches you through the word, your time in the word. And God is bringing an army back together. It's not like a cult. It's not like a top-down leadership thing. It's organic. 
it's you have a, a list of phone numbers. You can hang out with people, fellowship on a daily basis, pray with people regularly, intercede, have an intercessor, have a prophet, have a brainiac, have a have somebody that's maybe a little eccentric and, and that just loves being around everybody. It's kind of like starting your own justice league. And I'm just telling you, God has this this system in store for each of us. But he showed me a dream recently because the bride of Christ is emerging as the horror Babylon is emerging. The bride of Christ is emerging. And we have this, this quantum entanglement thing that people are talking about more and more, like how you have two particles that are connected, even if they're on the other side of the universe, they affect each other. They just did a test and they found out that that quantum entanglement thing actually looks like the yin yang symbol in Taoism. So there's some weird spiritual science going on there. And what it is, is the, the devil is trying to quantum entangle everybody with him to drag everybody to hell with him and the fallen angels. That's why he'll show you horrible things on Hollywood movies and get you entangled. Well, I had this dream a few years back with Steve Quayle where Steve had developed some kind of technology as he often does. He's a, um, you know, forerunner for a lot of us. <clears throat> and um, he had found this thing that literally enabled him to receive messages from other planets and it was real and it worked and it was controversial. And even the Christians were criticizing him, but I went up to him and I was like, Steve, what is this? And he's like, Oh, good night. You can use this thing to get information from other worlds and it works. And it's like, what? And I'm looking at it and it's like this, um, it was like a quantum unentanglement or entanglement device. So you could like, you could go through somebody's life with this thing and see where the devil had tied you like soul tied you to somebody, something. And like you, you thought you had that problem with your leg or you had this wound here, or you were missing a piece of yourself, something. It was actually somebody else's wound that they had shared with you. And then the machine would show you throughout your life, all the unnecessary garbage and like to cut things off from those people to make it long story short. And it was, it was really cool. Like it wasn't a demonic thing at all. It was like a healing device and it was from another world. And Steve Quayle had somehow gotten a hold of it. And it was really cool. I really recommend this thing to get it unentangled from demonic influences in your life. Good night. Anyway, um, I was Man, rereading this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was it a good impression? Yeah, man, you did. It's better Listen, on the phone, right? You're doing great. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, I love Steve, and I really can't wait to hear what else he's got going on right now. He's he's still around. He's still doing the rounds. Um, anyway, SteveCoyle.com, he's probably our, our link there, too. Um, yes. So I was thinking about this, like, hey, we've got to get quantum entangled with Jesus and start to be, like, taking on his image. And the Bible says <clears throat> often, you know, that you will be given a new soul or a new heart or, like, to Saul— who then became Paul, even King Saul at the beginning, was like, I will give you a new heart. Like, he's going to entangle us with his kingdom. And then whoever's there kind of caught up with Jesus, we're going to see each other, and we're, like, all operating as one person almost sometimes. Like, we're going to be, like, one unit, like a special ops unit that uh, is just, we're going to just kick butt, man. You know, you got one Navy SEALs team or, like, one Green Beret team, and they have the firepower of like a hundred army guys because they're constantly in communication. They think, operate, breathe, move as one unit constantly. And they're in, in, in this state of 
of you know boots on the ground movement like they're they've already done finished this attack here and they're moving on to the next place of attack and the enemy's still trying to figure out what just happened and there's guys with these guns there's just more ammunition than anybody ever imagined that you can and that's kind of how i see the end time army is we're like these units of people kind of entangled with jesus and then he puts you in cahoots with different folks at different times like a mega man and i are doing these shows every week mostly and you know different people at times will, will find different teams networks um i didn't have time to get the the link out to some buddies but sometimes i do and then the chat fills up with some of our good friends and it's it was, it was so cool last week to see the chat room and it was like oh my gosh you 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 cool and um if we can have the mindset of supporting each other's ministries, other people's YouTubes, whatever channels, I like to build up other podcasts, the strange o'clock podcast, strange o'clock.com. You will see more fruit from that than if you just spend all your time trying to build up your own name, your own message, your own thing, by all means have your own thing, but, but also spend a little time reaching out. Cause a lot, I've noticed with a lot of people, they're just flying solo and they're flying in the dark and they don't got anybody to even, you know, sometimes I, I don't have somebody to check my sound and then I'll get a text message. Like, Michael, your, your microphone's clicking. Like you need to, you need to restart your transmission. It's like, Oh, thank you so much, Aaron. Like, you know, my good old, uh, coast guard vet Aaron V Cox sometimes he'll like chime in. And so you guys, we need to have communication with enemies trying to isolate us, trying to demoralize, trying to get you like, do it all by yourself. Like, no, I can do, I can muscle through, man. No, this is the era of where it's the bride of Christ needs her husband to do things for her. And then it's the, the big mega church thing that's going away. The big fake church, you know, million dollar budget for the new building and the, and the, the goofy rock band or whatever that's going away. The future is real families, real people, real things coming together. And it's going to be so fun too. You're going to have so much fun with this. You're not going to be like, Oh, I'm so rich and I got my Lamborghini, but Hey, sometimes it's a good financial decision to get a nice car and to turn it into a business or something. You know, if you have the ability to do that, by all means, all my, any rich friends that I meet, they're turning all their properties into rentals. And I mean, that's not my goal in life, but it's like, great. That's so cool. Like it's so cool how humans can navigate even this crazy financial situation. And they're like, well, I might go bankrupt, but Hey, maybe I'll try to turn in my house into an Airbnb and live in the shed. I mean, that's literally what my dad's doing right now. <laughs> I'm sitting at his shed right now. It's turned it into a nice little cedar planked um, in, inside. It's really nice. And it smells like cedar but literally cost him like, I think $4,000 to get this thing and to fix it up. Now it's a tiny home and then, okay, navigate the future, get a rental, you know, whatever God shows you to do. And then maybe next year it'll be something completely different. I'm just, I'm proud to have my wife who knows how to do all this stuff and think on her feet and just marry a crazy guy from Hawaii and just start from scratch and then travel the world. And we're even thinking about Albania someday. I don't know. I got a message from Matthew in Albania. He's wow. like, brother, you should totally come to Albania, brother. <laughs> wow. So, what, anyway. I heard something about Albania um, the day. I can't remember what it was. But that would be, uh, uh, where is it? Albania. That'd be a cool place. Or was it Estonia? It's like it's like a cheaper, like Mediterranean. It's like Greece with less really? expenses. It's kind of a corrupt government, but it's very cheap to live there. And you can buy property. 
and you can become a citizen after two years. Really? Just if you own land. Is it uh, part of the EU or independent? I don't know if it's EU. Uh, uh, it's independent. That'd probably. Be I mean, it's right there. It's like across from Italy, and you know. Really. But I think it's independent, though. There's something about it that it's just, it's not on everybody's radar. Um, What's the cost of living over there to, I think, to uh, rent a house? Oh, it's supposedly, like, even just buying a piece of land, it's just, like, maybe 10 or 20 grand to just own a property. So really? if you own the property, you don't even have to go there. Wow. You get a you get a citizenship. They Oh. At least it works for Americans. Do they got internet over Sorry? there? Oh yeah, you got you got. Inter- I mean, look up Albania TikTok or whatever, and there's Dude. all all kinds of beautiful videos and <laughs> the young generation like teaching you Albanian words. And I mean, it's it's not a Christian country as much as I think it might be Orthodox mostly, but I oh. think it's mostly Muslim. But they're just very sweet people over there. And you know, you'd be you'd be like minutes from Turkey or all the other European countries and all these different missionary opportunities. I mean, I don't think of it like survival. I think like, hey, we should start a mission base there someday. Wow. Well, I I still would like to find a place where you can get some land cheap uh, to grow some vegetables. I thought that was going to be here, but I learned a lesson. This isn't a place. This place uh, cost you a million dollars just to get an acre. It's crazy. Um, really? Yeah, man. Bali's not... Does your wife, family own any land over there? Yeah, they do. They uh, they own some land, a uh, place called Sumatra, and um, ooh. But it's uh, yeah, it's that's kind of a ooh, that's kind of a a depressing location. I went out there and looked around, and uh, yeah, it's good maybe to visit every once in a while, but to live there, I wouldn't want to live there. Um, yeah. And outside of Bali, Indonesia's all Muslim, so um, it's a different spirit. Oh. When you get off even the island, and there's a lot of spirits on this island, but yeah, this is the largest Muslim nation in the world, and um, they'll let you know it. And so, yeah, I, I, um, I don't think I'm long for Indonesia, but you know, I serve with the pleasure of the Lord. So if He tells me to stay here, then I ain't going nowhere. But I don't have any uh, f- fix on where to go. I think that's the million dollar question. And I used to say that about yeah. America too. I said, if I can live anywhere, where would I live? And I'll tell you where I ended mm. up at the end in Las Vegas. I really called it my home. I really enjoyed that a place called Summerlin. It was a great city. Uh, maybe not so much now, though. Uh, no water. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know where the perfect place is. I've lived all over America. I've lived in Alaska, Texas, Florida, California, you name it. I don't know. But I would still maybe like to find a few acres and uh, try my finger at farming. I don't know the first thing about it, but anybody can learn. And, um, you know, that's the real American dream. Grow your own food. And the food that you grow is so right. much more healthy. It's so much more nutrients in it. Right. If you can, um, you can just start a garden on your windowsill. Like, just get some herbs going and, you know, fresh basil and that's non-GMO true. onion. Leeks grow really well. Every time I go to the grocery store, I always plant the lettuce head or the onions and then i watch them explode you know <laughs> anywhere there's sunshine you, you know, got to fertilize them and then you're going to eat that it's like eating vitamins north korea they say they've got hunger issues over there because they don't have enough uh, land but why not build greenhouses you know uh where there's a well way, they got to save way. up money for their uh, their nuke subs that putin's about to possibly give them 
I mean, that whole thing, I haven't, I can't even think about all that stuff every day. It's just so overwhelming. If I was but, Kim Eljun, yeah, though, that's um, how I'd feed my people. You know, mm-hmm. do hydroponic farming. You know, there's a guy named Dr. Daniel Davis, and he's all about farming. He knew nothing about it, and God said, I want you to learn how to farm at the root level. And this is about a, a okay. decade ago. He's in Panama now, and they're all about growing chickens. And their own natural fertilizer is called rabbit wine. It's basically rabbit urine. And um, he said very soon rabbits will be worth more than gold because it's all the fertilizer you need. Now, I don't know how he does it all, but... Wow. And then he, you know, his plan is to give every person in the community a chicken so everyone can have one egg per day with an egg-laying chicken. Because if you get one egg per day, you still got your protein. And um, he's about victory gardens and, um, yeah freeze-drying and dehydration of food. I've been seeing some people post post uh, up on Facebook their canning goods. Have you ever tried canning? I'm interested in getting there. I'm still just, at this moment, I'll just run to the grocery store and splurge 100 bucks on a bunch of canned food every once in a while. Yeah. Oh, sure. Because people keep eating it, so I'm like, hey, you guys, you know, this is for emergencies. Let's eat fresh food, but um, yeah, it works. There's so many skills like that. Yes, yes. Planting mushrooms, you know, that's another thing. Because here in the forest, I can't think of a whole lot of th- things we can do besides mushrooms. And those actually are valuable if you ever do a business, you know, sell the lion's mane or shiitake and the, the protein yes. power you can make from them. I mean, there's there's so much that we can do, but we're all busy working for the big man. And we need to get out of that. And people need to start thinking more entrepreneurial. Oh, uh, big time. Absolutely, and I'm not uh, I'm not um, trying to degrade anybody when I said Operation Walton, but things are just getting so expensive. Uh, it may be time for people to pull back in together. You know, hey, listen how how do the Vietnamese come here with nothing and end up owning several homes and successful businesses? Uh, I've seen that happen. Uh, or people from other countries again, they come here with nothing. And, you know, a lot of times they'll have 15 people in a house. I had a neighbor like that one time. I saw them all one day as I was coming home. They were all outside on the stoop. But, you know, uh, they split rent 15 ways. (laughs) Instead of one person (laughs) trying to pay 1,500. I've done it, brother. I've lived in mansions because we had enough people working to bring in income. Right, okay. Exactly. And what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong. Uh, You know, oh, uh, the Koreans... Uh, what, in one city I lived in, they used to have this Korean lottery where you pay, let's say you pay $500 a month through infinity, and every month they take, uh, they draw a name out of the, the hat, and you get that entire month's uh, pool. And they had enough people in there that it was enough to put you into your own business. It might be a $100,000 oh pool. You see what I'm saying? And uh, And this is the Christian... If we, if people are obedient to God and His laws and the Word, I'm not a legalist. I'm just saying, you know, don't cheat, don't steal, don't, you know, steal your wife's any man's a brother's wife. And if people do that, that Christian, I'm pretty sure that was a Korean Christian group that would do that because that's the kind of generosity that takes place with Christian love. And the economy output is something like in the hundreds percent higher than a selfish, normal pagan community of. You know, everybody's kind of on their own. 
in the normal laws of the land. So I really firmly believe in Christians getting together, not just to like look nice on Sunday morning, but kind of doing what you've been doing with your show, brother, too. And I'm not going to lie, there's been some really sweet donations through your show that I'm like, what is going on with Shannon? It's like, man. And I really appreciate that's like the kind of thing where if there's that sense of, hey, let's tithe into each other's thing. Oh, let's love bomb this guy or that thing or whatever. And then economically, our output just goes into outer space. And that's where I think, you know, we need to pray for Elon, too, because he's thinking that way and the enemy's turning against him. You know, oh, yeah. he wants to get people out living on Mars, other planets. I mean, who knows if that's going to ever work out? But the vision is what what we need, and it's the enemy is, has this vision of death, of burning down your cities, of stealing your land, of poisoning your water. Death, the enemy coming to kill, steal, and destroy. We're up against this this fallen angel, jealous army. I watched the City of Angels the other day with Nicolas Cage. It's a really fun movie to watch, actually, if you know about the the Fallen Angel story. It shows oh. you the whole story of the Fallen Angels. Really? And they're all hanging out, you know, like, dressed in black, all over the L.A. skyline, the Hollywood sign. And they're just hanging out like a bunch of ravens watching. The original watchers were meant to come and watch over us. And it's actually a beautiful movie when it comes to the near-death experience side of things. And then it gets twisted, and then he's like, he becomes a Fallen Angel oh. to marry uh, Meg Ryan. So, yeah, very interesting movie. That's that is City of Angels is the story of the Fallen Angels. I'm gonna watch the Fallen that. Watchers, but it's worth watching. I mean, it's got some you know yucky things, I guess. But um, that's the thing. Like they're jealous of us because they can never be redeemed. They're the fallen ones, and they were supposed to watch over us, and then they rebelled with Satan, and now are you know controlling our governments and want to put everybody in 15-minute cities and then pull the plug and kill everybody. Right. But meanwhile, it doesn't mean everything in the world is evil and bad and about to get you. I'm using a cell phone to talk to you right now from the top of the Smoky Mountains here. Right. And you're in Indonesia and we're using the internet. And I mean, I don't trust EVs, for example, necessarily, but I think in the future we're going to have new technology that maybe those those batteries can be a little bit cheaper and uh, you know have multiple sources of um, not just income, but like transportation especially oh. where i live like what if you what if gas costs 50 dollars a gallon i mean right. it would be useful to have something electric powered and have solar panels and i mean everything is cool i mean all this technology is well, fun sure. it's just the enemy chinese are for evil no question about it. i mean i'd love to have one of those um uh damnation alley style trucks that um elon musk has you know the one the bulletproof armor um but if you made it with a gasoline man i'd love it even more but, you know, hey, right. um, look, I used Facebook with another brother the other day to do a program because he didn't have uh, Skype. And I said, I don't know if this okay. will work. We actually did a, a podcast using Facebook Messenger. <laughs> and I was able, because of my switchboard here, to pull it in through MixLR and Blog yeah. Talk Radio. Uh, I used Facebook um, or FaceTime. With another brother in England, we prayed for a girl with four-stage cancer, and we believe the Lord healed her. So, oh. hey, praise God for Amen. Facebook. You know, it, it's also, you know, spies on you, but um, we can use the devil's technology against him and for the Lord. Well, I'm, you got a good point. I'm proud of you for um, ditching Facebook, too, but, but as far as sucking in all your time. But um, I don't. I never use Facebook except just to 
record my show sometimes um, in case my Spreaker doesn't work very well. I'll have the video there. Well, and, I you know, lazy people, I'm sorry, but you lazy people that spend all your time on Facebook, you never go to, like, people's websites and, and get into, like, actual research. I know, it's easy. It's just you're sitting on the toilet and you just hit the <laughs> Facebook thing. I oh. recommend getting rid of the app on your phone if possible. But as far as um, I had that relapse. goes, have you ever thought of getting an app for, like, a chat app? Like, I know you always have a really awesome chat room, but it'd yep. be cool to see, like, uh, in the future, maybe some kind of an Omega Man Army app. Well, you know, um, I've been looking for a long time for an alternative to MixLR uh, chat room. Um, you got any recommendations? That's actually a great idea. Is there? Are well, there... your MixLR is great. I like it. I use it. Um, well, I get into the chat room. I love to see everybody in there. And bless you all. Thank you for joining us. I, yes. I haven't seen a really good live app. I've been sort of sticking with Spreaker for the last few years. And with Fringe Radio Network, you, you're on there too, brother. If you ever want to get Thank a you. show, get more attention, we just got on Spreaker Prime. So oh. your shows, if you upload them to Fringe Radio Network, okay. podcast feed will be um, will be on their their Prime Network. So it, oh. it gets boosted, more views. Oh, I guess. okay, cool. Well, it's sort of an experimental thing they're doing right now. Oh, that's but really you're cool. you're with us there, so Thank don't you. forget. Okay, I can I'm, I can I'm help you that. post some shows sometimes too. Um, that's actually a great idea. Yeah, you know, um, I'm looking, always looking for ways to get more visibility. Uh, YouTube is just not doing it for me, sadly. Uh, I reopen account number eight and only get a handful of listeners. So that's just me. It does, it's working for other people. Um, I did get on, though, with Brideon. Do you ever use Mike Adams Network, Brideon? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm on there. I think I'm Spirit Wars or Basham or something. I have all of those guys. If you're ever on Brideon or Rumble, or um, I have the links on my website for, for all that stuff. But Brighton is great. I've had them for years, and well, I just never get around to posting to it. But I haven't used them for five years, just about you know four years. And then I was I had a okay. hard time the other day uh, uploading three videos I did with Al Cuppet because they don't survive on YouTube okay. or Vimeo, and uh, I put mm-hmm. it up on Brighton. And uh, I thought, you know what? That's where I'm going to put my videos, Brighton, and then yeah. a reduced version. I put them up on Podbean. Podbean's working out pretty good for me. You can do audio, and if you had ever had video, you can do that too. Uh, which I'm not doing video anymore, but I had some stuff I wanted to post and uh, couldn't post anywhere else because of the censorship. So, uh, Brideon okay. and Podbean. But um, yeah, if you come across any apps, you know, I thought about maybe doing a news group again, but and then that goes back to what we were talking about about the BBS. BBS. I mean, maybe we could start a, a BBS for our audiences. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. I was cool. thinking, too, like, I mean, you can still use Facebook to, like, attract people to the fact that you that you exist. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, like, sure. with the show Strange the Clock, I would say that's our flagship operation right now. Miss um, Peach, who's been doing all the hard work, getting really big guests and just once or twice a month shows, but then it's, like, really well edited, and we're talking about ways we can expand that operation. And right now we just have a very simple website, uh, oh. com, But it's just a list of all the shows and everything. And I like old, simple websites sometimes because you can't really hack them that well. Well, that's true. But so, we're going to start a Strange Talk Facebook page just for the, that purpose. And I'm going to moderate it with another account. I don't ever want to like go on Facebook and get distracted by, oh, your old classmate died. And oh, so-and-so's you know, suicidal and homeless now. And now it's, and it's just like, I just came here to do a show and I'm trying to like, ah, everybody's drowning, run. 
And then it'll be some <laughs> dumb meme, and then you'll giggle a little bit, and then get distracted, and then it's like, where did two hours just go? Like, this is horrible. Anyway, um, so strange, we're going to work on a Strange O'Clock Facebook strange o'clock. page. And the purpose of it is going to be to lead people out of Facebook, <laughs> but Absolutely. have our own thing outside of there that we're we're going to try to build something up fun. Subsplash is a good service. If you have money to pay somebody, um, Subsplash will make an app for you. And I don't know if you know who Derek Gilbert is. I'm sure your audience probably does. Sure. Derek Gilbert House, PID Radio, they have all these different projects. So they got this Christian app design company called Subsplash. And it basically makes a place to host all your shows and content and to have little message boards for like prayer requests or chat room, this or that. And it's on fire like every time I go on there and plus the coolest thing is that's where Derek Gilbert hangs out so a lot of times you'll comment and he'll read it and he'll answer it Oh wow. so it's like this sense of like a community um, Derek and Sharon I met them in San Diego not too long ago great people they love the Lord I saw Derek kind of cheering up at a sermon uh, like a rallying cry at the Warriors conference that guy dresses so well too you'd be amazed like where? when you wear like a nice fitting suit Wow, but I met him in real life, and they, I love them. And I think that's uh, the, it's called the Gilbert House app. Probably any Derek Gilbert show, five and ten, or PID Radio, or View from the Bunker, you'll hear him uh, promoting it. Now, what? Part but of I the have country, that app, and it's given me the idea of, of what we could do too. What part of the country are they in? I saw some footage. They're building like a barn, and look like they're out in the country. Are they out? Um, they're in the Ozark, Missouri. Ozark, Missouri. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It looks like they have yeah, the boondocks too. setting up like a um, um, prepper paradise. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, but they've set up their life to where they can do this and, and make make it their full-time thing. I remember sure. back in the day, he was talking with his wife on these shows, and they'd be like, well, we're trying to get out of our, our sales jobs and do this full-time. And I was thinking, right. man, that's so that sounds like such a pie in the sky. But lo and behold, they did it. <laughs> They Absolute, got away. <laughs> absolutely. And I'm, I'm all for that. If you can get some land out there and in the country, that's great because um, there's not many 15-minute cities out there, that's for sure. Exactly. And I'm I'm a very hesitant follower of Elon. You know, I'm sort of tiptoeing into Starlink kind of stuff. I saw Starlink three times out here already. Really? If not four times. Yeah, three times. I saw, like, it looks like a train going across the sky just the weirdest coolest oh, you thing can, you but, can actually you know see i might stop calling in stars. with phone if i if we're still doing shows pretty soon i might get the starlink thing and then not have to drive downtown every day for the studio well now that would be just cool. make one out here i've heard some uh, some rates as much as 500 a month for an internet is that true or are they going to get it down cheaper it's i think it's like 500 for the unit and then you have like 100 a month Oh, oh that's, not, so, that's not bad. Okay. Which is what I'm paying right now. Okay, yeah. sure. No, I thought and, it was 500 a month uh, in internet fees. Um, but if they got it down that cheap, man, that's a steal. I'd get one of those myself. Probably have to smuggle it into Indonesia, though. Um, oh, they don't have it in Indonesia yet. No. And Indonesia's got some kind of whacked out rules, you know. Well, it's, it's pro-Indonesia. They're looking out for themselves. So that's not really fair to say, but... Uh, it makes it hard for outside technology to get in. But um, if I could find a way, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Because that would be cool. Uh, that Internet works anywhere in the world. 
Yeah. And plus, like, it's I, I, the more they attack Elon, it's kind of, he's turning into a Donald Trump. And I've always thought this was going to happen and said it's right. going to be the tech giants that are the next government. And so we have, you know, Facebook is like bigger than the United States government in some ways. And having a guy that's actually on our team and then watching him get crucified every day on the news and like they're just like, oh no, Elon hate Ukraine. Why Elon no give Ukraine missile to hit Russia? And it's like, no, he's like, um, I don't really want to be a part of this war that's killing innocent people and I think we should have peace. And Zelensky's like, why you hate Ukraine? You know? F you! It's just like, ew, gross. I don't know why. Like, yeah, let's support Elon. You know, he's turning off the Starlink for the Ukrainian military. Like, right. Yes, please. When's he going to get the hell out of San Francisco though? I would have pulled my stakes up from there a long time ago. That's a I think place. he already did. He moved to Austin. Well, I think he still has a building over there, but he changed it to X. But maybe that's in the works. He should get oh, yeah. out of there and go to Texas or Florida, one of the two. Yeah. Well, we'll see. And I, I just—it's something to pray for. Like we've been praying for his salvation, right? And I think we can all be in agreement for that—that that he would come to know the Lord in a personal, humble, intimate way, not necessarily like I'm a big fat Christian now, but like really get a, a salvation, um, a deep personal one. And we need to just pray and, and remove all the occult stuff. There's a lot of occult stuff in his family, his bloodline, his mom, his grandpa. Oh, and okay. yet, I think everybody has free will. So, oh, absolutely. you know, just let's all tar- all guns fire, spirit I'm guns. Let's fr- get that man in the kingdom. I'm feeling freer than ever on Twitter. I mean, I like it since he took over. And I don't feel any uh, issues there. I think, I, you know, I've let a rip on a number of uh, topics and uh, no censorship for me. So I like cool. him at the helm. I want to thank you for coming on today, my brother, going overtime. Um, before we close, Michael, how can people reach you? Give out those websites again. How can they support your ministry? All righty. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. It was such a fun, as always, it's such an honor, and it's we get brainstorming, and it's like, hey, we could try that. Hey, we could try this. So um, I've been so censored and banned on everything that I came down to just like an old-fashioned website, faithbucks.com, and it's just my own handwritten code, and it's a humble place, and I need to update it, but it has like the automatic updated links for my show, Spirit Force, the Spreaker app, and my Telegram, which if you don't want to download Telegram, if you actually go to my website, and it, if it's the right browser, some of the browsers don't like it, but it works great with like Brave and Firefox. You'll actually see the latest updated links to like the DARPA stuff I was talking about. I'm up late posting those links and just random prophecy prayer stuff that's going on. You know, hey, join us on Omega Man Live pretty soon. Just that's my main thing that I use is that telegram, which automatically updates to facebooks.com on the front page. So that's, that's the main base right now. And then, uh, keep an eye out for strangeoclock.com as well. We're going to be growing that moving forward. That's a very streamlined show that you can give to people, and I proudly give people that link to Strange O'Clock Podcast because everything on there is awesome. And all the shows Gerilyn's been putting out there are great. So I'm a co-host. I'm riding shotgun with her, but she's, right. she's doing just an amazing job getting the most stellar people on there, like Derek Gilbert's. And we're doing Fringe Radio Network. And you're on there, too, Omega Man. We're on 
Spreaker Prime now. So check out Omega, Omega Man on French Radio Network. And stay tuned for more fun things. Lots of Instagram goat updates. You can follow our Instagram. Uh, Seer facts on there. I don't think I have a link to to that on my main site, but we've also got uh, Patreon there and uh, PayPal. So Spirit Force Zero One at PayPal is our link there. And looks like the the patriarch just came home. <laughs> my dad just drooled up in his jeep. I'm standing out here Perfect in the time. forest. Tell you, it's really fun to talk to you today, Shannon. Awesome to be with you, my brother. God bless you, and uh, we'll see you next time, brother Michael. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. See you soon. Talk to you again soon. All right. Bye-bye. That was Michael Basham. Uh, Carlos, you asked about uh, Joseph's Kitchen. That's still going strong. That's Stan Johnson of the Prophecy Club. And his uh, daughter runs that uh, business. I think it's a great program that they've got going. You can find out about that by tuning into Stan Johnson's Prophecy Club show. I usually check in and watch some of it every day. I saw some just today. Uh, he's got some great programs there, and he broadcasts every day on his channel, Monday through Friday. And then the weekend, they have Bible study and church service. Uh, Lou Young will be on this week. And uh, I just booked um, Sister Leslie Johnson for the program. She'll be on in a few weeks, maybe two weeks. So uh, we're still very much involved with Prophecy Club and they're a great organization love the work that they're doing well God richly bless all of you thank you for tuning in today go and check out my website if you want to stay tuned uh, to any new updates that's where they're going to appear first and if you ever got any question on what we're doing go there and that should get you sorted out if not email me thank you folks for tuning in love you all God bless you in Jesus name see you next time